feel like this year has been the year of acquisitions. Uh, we've got Microsoft buying Activision. We've got Sony buying Bungie and Jim Ryan of Sony promising to buy more stuff. Um, last week, I didn't have time to think about the Bungie acquisition before I uh, posted the show. And I've had a, a week to think about it. And I definitely have thoughts. Uh, in addition to that, we have the first Steam decks out in the wild in non-developer hands now in the hands of content creators, not me, but other awesome people. And the results are very, very promising. And if that isn't enough, there's also a Nintendo Direct coming just tomorrow or by the time you watch this or listen to this in the past. So we've got a lot to talk about. Let's get started. All right, let's talk about the Nintendo Direct. For those of you that don't know, this show used to be called Nintendo Switchcraft. It was all about Nintendo, and I decided that I wanted to talk about stuff that was not just Nintendo anymore, and that's when I recently made the change to calling it Games with Bill. By the way, since I've done that, the people who have either watched or listened to this show has increased by 500%, so thank you very much for that. You guys are absolutely amazing. I really do appreciate that. Uh, but I'm still super hyped for Nintendo, and I want to talk about four things, not that I'm expecting to happen in the Nintendo Direct, but that I'm hoping for to happen in the, in the Nintendo Direct. Now, first off, for those of you that don't know, the Nintendo Direct is going to be coming tomorrow. It probably will have already happened by the time you watch this, uh, and it's going to be 40 minutes of content all about games that are releasing in the first half of this year. If you have not subscribed to the audio version of this show, there is a link in the description down below, and I will probably put out a bonus episode that is just about the Nintendo Direct later on this week, so look forward to that if you haven't already subscribed there. If you do subscribe there and you're like, why does he keep talking about the video stuff? It's because I'm on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash nerdnest. Now, Let's talk about the Nintendo Direct and the four things that I am hoping to see. Number one, Breath of the Wild 2. Uh, it's been, we're coming up on the five-year anniversary of Breath of the Wild's original release date, which is March 3rd, 2017. I cannot believe that it's been that long. And it seems like it's the perfect time for Nintendo to tell us the actual release date, the actual title, and maybe see some gameplay. Because up until now, we've seen a lot of cutscene stuff a little tiny bit of gameplay, but most of it is just been cutscenes. Uh, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Now, if it doesn't happen, it's because it's not the first half of this year. Boy, oh boy, it would be amazing if the game was coming out on March 3rd, but I just don't think that's the case. All right, what else? Number two, I want to see, I want Nintendo to convince me that Splatoon 3 is worth the upgrade. Splatoon 1 and Splatoon 2 are incredibly similar games, and that's justified by the fact that Splatoon 1 was on the Wii U, which nobody played, and Splatoon 2 was on the Switch, which everybody had. And it made sense for Nintendo to release Splatoon 2 on the, on the not the Wii U, on the Nintendo Switch, because they had this dynamite uh, game that basically languished with only 14.7 million possible customers on the Wii U. So bringing it to the Nintendo Switch was a no-brainer, even if it wasn't all that much of a change. However, they're bringing out Splatoon 3 
on the Nintendo Switch. It's essentially the same game on the same device. So why am I buying it all over again? I'm hoping that Nintendo convinces me that I should. Another thing that I'd really, really like to see from the Nintendo Direct is maybe a sequel to Super Mario Odyssey. Super Mario Odyssey came out almost five years ago, and it was absolutely gangbusters. That game is fantastic. I loved every second uh, that I played it. Such cool mechanics and worlds to explore, and I want I want more of that, either through DLC for Super Mario Odyssey or as an actual sequel for Super Mario Odyssey 2. And then the fourth thing that I'm hoping to see in the Nintendo Direct is Metroid Prime 4. I'm I don't think that we will. I think that they will maybe if they're if they show a Metroid thing, it'll be Metroid Prime uh, Trilogy. Um, but I would really like to see Metroid Prime 4. Now, though, for those of you that don't know, uh, Metroid Prime 4 got announced forever ago. And then they made another announcement that said, hey, we're shutting down uh, that uh, version of it. And we're going to start from scratch to because it's not up to snuff. That was about three and a half years ago, I think, at this point. And it'd be really nice to see some gameplay of that. But man, I don't think that that's going to happen. Anyway, what are you hoping to see in a Nintendo Direct that is happening tomorrow? And if you're watching this after the fact, what did you see in the Nintendo Direct that made you super, super excited? And again, bonus episode on the podcast feed, so make sure that you subscribe to that. It looks like we've got a couple of different methodologies for acquiring partnerships or acquiring uh, intellectual property. Um, Microsoft, on one hand, spending ridiculous amounts of money on one company that has lots of IPs. And then Sony is trying to do it more of a piecemeal approach where they've spent far less money on Bungie. Um, but Jeff Ryan has said, we're going to keep doing this. We're going out and buying more. And regardless of how you feel about acquisitions, it's definitely interesting to talk about. Um, real quick, before we continue to talk about the Sony side of things, on the Microsoft side of things, the government has said they're getting involved. That's not a done deal yet, and we'll see what happens. Microsoft has to pay a big fine if or a penalty uh, if the government says you're not allowed to do this and the deal doesn't go through. Uh, we'll see what happens. But back to Sony. Jeff Ryan has said a couple of things. Number one, that uh, the the whole point of this is because uh, Bungie made a really, really profitable and popular games as a service style game. And Sony wants to make like 10 of those in the next little bit. So it makes a lot of sense for them to acquire a company like Bungie to get that expertise and to kind of use that as a roadmap to help them develop all those games. Plus, as I said last episode, I think that we're going to see a um, Destiny 2 movie. I don't know when, but I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a, a quite a long time. Movies take a really, really long time to make. All right, let's talk about the Steam Deck real quick. The first previews are now out. People who are not devs have their hands on these. We've got The Fox, uh, who is a really, really nice guy. A lot of his stuff kind of went over my head because he was doing like benchmark testing and all this hardware stuff. And, and that was a really interesting video that he put out. Uh, then we have Gamers Nexus, which were 
seeing like they did some crazy stuff where they're shooting laser beams off of a razor blade in order to look at the exhaust coming out of the, the top of the steam deck. Crazy stuff. The, the video that probably spoke to me the most was uh, the Linus Tech Tips video where he just talked about having it in his hand and where things could reach, like what he could reach, what felt most comfortable, how well games were running. And everybody was doing different benchmarking stuff. And that's awesome. For me, what I'm interested in is how does the device feel? What is the feel of it? And the Linus Tech Tips one, he ended the video with what I think is probably the biggest um, like quote that Valve could ask for. He said that there are people out there who said that this is going to be stupid and you're wrong. This is going to be huge. That is very, very exciting to me. I cannot wait to get my hands on the Steam Deck. By the way, the most recent episode of On Deck, a podcast all about the Steam Deck, has been posted. Make sure that you watch it. Uh, episode 13. I had a lot of fun making that that uh, podcast, so make sure that you uh, give it a listen. Speaking of the Steam Deck, if you're a big fan of Fortnite, then you're probably not going to like this next story, and that's that Tim Sweeney earlier today tweeted out the fact that uh, they're not going to be supporting the Steam Deck. Now, you might hear me say that and think, well, hold on, how's that going to work? Uh, because on one hand, the Steam Deck can run anything. After all, the people at Valve keep saying it's just a PC. And yes, it can. But right out of the box, its operating system is a custom version of Linux called Steam OS 3.0. And what basically is happening here is Tim Sweeney is saying, we're not going to support a Linux version of Fortnite. What's the reason? Well, because they, well, he says they don't feel that they can effectively combat against cheaters when you give the end user so much power over the kernel. For the layman like me, the kernel is basically the base of your operating system. And in Linux, you can very easily change the base of your operating system in order to do some really wonky stuff, including cheating. For Tim Sweeney to say that he's not going to support that because there's too much cheating on Linux, fair point, but at the same time, you could also do the same thing with Windows. Maybe it's not as easy, but you can. And the idea of him saying we can't possibly combat against cheaters when there's so many different kernels out there, and that's why we're not going to make a version of Fortnite that would work on the Steam Deck, just seems, and I'm saying seems here, disingenuous because they could just say, all right, well, this is the operating system that the Steam Deck is running. Why don't we just support just that one and all the other ones can go spit. And while if you are somebody who's on some other version of Linux, you might not like that particular solution. If you're somebody who's on the Steam Deck, you probably would. Of course, there is always a workaround where you could just install Windows. And some might say that it's it's against uh, Epic's really, it's, it's really against their best interest to make sure that this game works on, uh, on the Steam Deck. And so maybe they're justified in doing that. After all, it's their property and they can do what they want with it. And I would agree with that. I would also agree that it's better for the customers as a whole if you just support all platforms. And we've seen in the past that uh, Epic Games does not want to support all platforms when it comes to cloud gaming. Um, 
Although I will say most recently you, you, there is a ray of hope or a ray of sunshine. If you are a subscriber to GeForce now, uh, that kind of gave a backdoor to getting Fortnite back onto iOS where it was previously removed because Apple and Epic are butting heads. Anyway, I'll keep you updated on this. It's very interesting and weird. And there's, there's so many layers to tug at and so many different variables that could influence a company to do one thing over another that I think that there's just endless conversation that can happen about these, uh, I hate to say it, but console wars. So this month marks the 25th anniversary of Final Fantasy VII, which is, man, that makes me feel old. I still remember when I was in the army and I got my PlayStation and I got my um, my copy of Final Fantasy VII and I played pretty much nothing but that on my PlayStation. And I only shut off my PlayStation to watch the Simpsons at the time. I didn't do any other games at all. And I didn't watch anything else. If my TV was on, I was either watching the Simpsons or playing final fantasy seven. And the fact that it's the 25th anniversary makes me feel incredibly old, but Hey, look at me. I am. Now we've got some Japanese names incoming and I'm probably going to screw them up. So I'm going to look down at my phone to get this right. Tetsuya Nomura and Yoshinori Katase. I probably pronounced those wrong, but I've tried recording this a thousand times and I screw it up every single time. So that's why I'm looking at my phone for it. They put out a statement about the 25th anniversary of Final Fantasy VII. And I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's kind of long. There's a link in the description if you want to check that out. But there's one quote in here that I think is very interesting. And that's from Tetsuya Nomura. He says, there will be even more new Final Fantasy VII projects that have started up after the remake coming in the future too. The team sees this 25th anniversary as a waypoint on our journey with Final Fantasy VII and will continue pressing ahead to even greater things. So please keep supporting us going forward. He also mentions Final Fantasy VII Remake, Final Fantasy VII The First Soldier, and I don't know how I missed this, but Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis waiting in the wings as well. Um, I think that this year we're going to see the sequel to Final Fantasy VII Remake. If you've never played Final Fantasy VII, it's this huge open world game. And the very beginning of the game takes place in this city. And when they brought out Final Fantasy VII Remake, that the part one, that was just in the city. They wildly expanded on what was in there, but it was only in the city. You never left the city and went out into the wider world. I think that that's what we're going to see this year with Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. Now, they haven't specifically said that, but that's what I think that they're talking about in this statement and other statements that we've seen from uh, Square. And I'm really, really excited about that. I really need to go back and finish Final Fantasy VII Remake. I had a lot of fun with what I played, and I have to say, of all the Final Fantasy games that I've played, that one, Final Fantasy VII Remake, has the best battle system. It's like they took the things that I loved about the ATB systems from the older games, and they combined it with the things that I really, really liked from Final Fantasy 15 and Final Fantasy 12, being able to toggle around between your different characters at the same time is just awesome. I'm a huge fan of Final Fantasy 7 Remake, and I can't wait to see what they do with part two. 
And I think that we're going to see probably some big announcement for part two at E3 this year. Fingers crossed. You've probably heard me say a million times that the only virtual reality games that I've ever played have been on Oculus Quest 2. And that's true. And I really want an Oculus Quest, but man, the PlayStation 5 and the PSVR 2 is looking really, really interesting, especially because we finally got a good look at their controllers. Now, again, I've only played with the Oculus Quest 2. I've never used the PSVR. These controllers look quite a bit different, and there's some interesting information on the website that, that uh, went live recently this week. They said, take hold of the intuitive new PSVR 2 Sense controller and experience freedom of movement and a realistic, natural gaming experience through a well-balanced and ergonomic design leaving you to focus comfortably and exploring the game world you're in. But the finger touch detection sounds really interesting. Interact with any in-game items in the environment naturally, even when you're not actively pressing a button, as finger touch detection allows the PSVR 2 sense controller to replicate natural motions and gestures, letting you reach out and touch the virtual world. They're also talking about haptic feedback here. Feel realistic, detailed responses to your in-game actions, from subtle, precise vibrations to intense pulses. The vast range of sensations in the game world can be delivered to your hands. Sense how it feels to fire or strike with different weapons, craft tools, touch varied environmental textures, and travel across terrain. Now, say what you want about um, the, the PS5, but the PS5 controller, the DualSense controller, is pretty fantastic. And I think everything that I just uh, told you about would have been easily ignored if I hadn't had my hands on the DualSense controller and tried Astro's Playground. If you don't know what Astro's Playground is, it is a pack-in title with the PS5 that basically shows off what the DualSense controller can do. Now, I will say this. We've seen time and time again where either Sony or Nintendo comes up with a cool controller thing and everybody ignores it because they want to make their games for the lowest common denominator. They don't want to make they don't they don't want to try and take advantage of things that are in the the DualSense controller or Nintendo's Joy-Cons with HD rumble when those things don't exist on say an Xbox controller and so they just ignore those extra features and that's usually what we see happen. So will we see all of these cool PSVR features go unused because you know, these features are not in the Oculus Quest. I don't know. Or the MetaQuest, whatever it is that they call it. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. But everything that they're saying here sounds really cool. And I know that I said in the past that I want a, a, an Oculus Quest, or I guess it's now it's called Meta. I, I said that I want one of those, but I mean, it's way more money to buy a PS5 and a PSVR 2. But Sony's doing a good job selling it to me. And I'm curious what you all think. Is that something that you're interested in? Are you interested in the PSVR 2? Or would you prefer just to have lower end, um, you know, no hardware needed, just the Oculus because you could just put it on your head and you don't have to have anything else? I'm very curious where everybody lands on that. Let me know down in the comments down below. All right, we're running short on time, so I want to lightning around the rest of these. Number one, um, Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Uh, I saw the 23 minutes of footage over at IGN. That game looks so good. I am very, very excited for it. Nintendo 
hit a YouTube channel with 1300 copyright strikes over their music, which is fine. Nintendo's allowed to do that. But Nintendo, you have the Nintendo Switch online app. Put your music in there and add it as part of a thank you for the people who are subscribing to Nintendo Switch online. This isn't hard. Just do that. And then lastly, I want to say thank you to everybody who uh, watches, listens, comments, tweets. You guys are all awesome. Thank you very much. I'm out of here. This has been Games with Bill, and I will see you on the next one. Bye-bye, everybody.